God says that uh, the soul that sins, it shall surely die. Uh, the wages of sin is death. God sent his son to pay that debt. And when the son died, justice was satisfied. The truth is offensive. The truth is offensive. The gospel is offensive. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give to you. That's John chapter 15 and verse 16. What's going on, guys? And welcome to episode number seven of That Good Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Uncle Marco. And I'm here with my nephew, Seth Carter. What's up, guys? (laughs) Hope you all are having a blessed day in the Lord. We are excited for tonight's episode. So um, tonight's episode is episode seven. Uh, We've talked through a lot of different um, topics through the scripture. Uh, And tonight we will be tackling the subject, who chooses who, Uh, speaking of us and Christ. So we're going to get into the scripture here shortly and, um, you know, go through through the whole entire Bible with examples of that. So we are very excited for that for sure. Um, But before we get into that, let's give a shout out to our sponsor. Um, I I always say sponsors, but we really only have one sponsor. (laughs) Uh, And it is the Narrowgate Boutique. You can find the Narrowgate Boutique at www.narrowgateboutique.etsy.com. And you can go on uh, the website there and find all these cool decoration Bible tabs. Uh, books of the Bible. My wife makes them. She's very creative. Um, compared to me, she's like, Mo, uh, well, Mozart wasn't an artist, was he? I don't she, know. Leonardo da Vinci or something? I don't know. That's probably better. Yeah, I'm like a four-year-old with a box of crayons compared to my wife. But she does an awesome job on there. She's also started selling uh, T-shirts and stuff. So uh, go check that out and check out all of her merchandise she has on there. It's really awesome. Um, we're trying to talk her into making some good medicine podcast T-shirts. Hey, so. man. Uh, Rachel, when you listen to this, you know, I wear a size extra large. 3X right here. Um, flex on. We just want to thank uh, Narrowgate Boutique for sponsoring this. And also, if you order online and you mention the podcast, that Good Medicine podcast, you get 20% off of your order. So go check that out. Uh, buy, you know, hundreds and thousands of dollars worth of stuff so we can continue to uh, put out good content through our podcast <laughs> so um let's kick this thing off seth with a little random question as, uh, as always has it just become routine though i think it's just kind of fun we can start off like that via um randomquestionmaker.com shout out randomquestionmaker.com a lot of the questions that come up on there are a little crazy you would be surprised how many we actually pass up on and don't uh bring out because they're just probably not appropriate but uh, for tonight's question, what is the scare? What was the movie that scared you the most as a as a child, Seth? Gosh, and it still does bother me <laughs> till this day. Yeah, and that was Chucky when I was a kid. Oh man, I hate yeah. that stupid doll, <laughs> and I still hate that stupid yeah. doll. 
and it's bothered me ever since I was five years old when my aunt was babysitting me and let me watch it. Yeah, oh yeah. I, I think mine would be, I don't know if it's something just about like <laughs> little scary people, but mine is uh, <laughs> the leprechaun. The, the leprechaun? leprechaun. <laughs> yes. Like, I don't even want to celebrate St. Patrick's Day because it reminds me of leprechaun. I just hate dolls, period, now. Yeah, like, yeah. ever since that movie, like, my mom had porcelain doll or something. Yeah. Like, I just about, man, you're going to have to get rid of that thing. It's yeah. just creeping me out. Yeah, I'll tell you an embarrassing story about me. Mom, mom was the same way. She had dolls and stuff all over the house. And she had, uh, there was a frog that sat on the on the little bench on the back of the toilet <laughs> that had eyes with it and everything. And uh, when I was a kid and I was taking a shower, it used to freak me out. So I used to turn the doll around and put it face down so it wasn't watching me when I was in the bathroom. Oh, bath. man, I've been there too. With yeah. Things. I just... I just feel like if I look at them so long, I feel like they're looking back at me, yeah. and I think they move in a way. And that, oh yeah, but I just can't handle it. Yeah, yeah. So basically, what we're saying is we're we're a bunch of chickens still. I am uh, terrified still. Of Thirty-one dolls. years old, and I'm still scared of leprechaun. Fixing to be twenty-nine years old, and I'm scared of dolls. Yeah, that's okay. I'm all right with admitting that. But that's a pretty good uh, random question to kick us off there. But let's let's jump into this. Who chooses who? Uh, so the first example. Uh, obviously, we, we read, I, I read and opening up John 15 uh, and verse 16, but the first example um, that I want to point out through the scripture was Abram in uh, Genesis 12. Yeah, Abram before he became Abraham. Exactly. So uh, you're reading chapter 11 of, of Genesis, and it's, it's listing all these people in these names, and, you know, could have been anybody's name put there. Uh, we read uh, Abram towards the end of that, chapter 11, and then chapter 12 starts out, and this is just amazing to me, Seth. It says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Abram I mean, this is after he wasn't anybody. No, just, and, a, no, just, just a nomad roaming the earth. Yeah. The Lord said, to Abram, go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, and so you shall be a blessing, and I will bless those that bless you, and uh, the one who curses you I will curse, and you and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. So uh, the the episode that we're on tonight on who chooses who. Uh, Abraham didn't do anything but get born. <laughs> That's it. Didn't <laughs> have did, nothing to do with he, it. He didn't do anything. And we see that um, out, off the pages of Scripture in, in Genesis 12, we see that God chose Abraham. And it's such a beautiful picture of uh, God's choosing and God's election. Yes, it is. Um, so just going on through, through, uh, through the Scriptures, we also get another uh, awesome example in David. Uh, and how God chose David. So in Psalm uh, 78 and 70 says, He also, David his servant, and um, he also chose David his servant and took him from the sheepfolds. So uh, just a little background on that. If we go to uh, 1 Samuel, which I'm going to get there for a second. 1 Samuel, guess what chapter it's in, Seth? What chapter is it? 16 and verse 11. Oh, got the glory bumps on that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, First Samuel sixteen eleven, where Samuel uh, is going to Bethlehem here, um, and he's going to choose. Um, and so we see in verse eleven there it says, and Samuel said to Jesse, which Jesse was uh, David's father. He said, and Samuel said to Jesse, Are these all the children? Jesse had, had brought um, his other sons to Samuel, and trying to qualify them uh, to be God's anointed. And they were probably, honestly, Seth, we see 
uh, through the, the context of the scripture that they were probably more fit to be a king uh, than, than David was. But uh, we see it, Samuel said, are, is this all your children? Like basically, are th- is this all you got? Uh, and he said, well, uh, there remains yet the youngest, the youngest of, of, of the children, of, of Jesse's children. Uh, and he says, and behold, he's tending the sheep. He ain't even here. He's, no. he's tending the sheep. Um, the little shepherd's boy is all yeah, he was. Yeah, and then uh, then Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring uh, him, for we will not sit down until he comes. And verse uh, 12 says, so he sent and brought him. And this is how it explains David in the scripture here. It says, now he was ruddy. Ruddy means red. Um, and so even that in itself would be kind of an off-putting thing, and especially in this time in the scripture. Ruddy meaning red um, and most of the time, the the darker skinned Hebrews, um, they 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 found a clear complexion to be uh, a great thing, and David was just red, like he, his complexion was red. So, uh, not the first point one you would choose, um, but it also says that he, which is weird to even read this and say it about a man. It says with beautiful eyes and a handsome appearance, and the Lord said, "Arise, anoint him, for this is he." So we see the choosing of David there. Also, I mean, he was just tending sheep, minding his own business. Didn't have nothing to do with it. Nothing to do. Um, so that kind of breaks us away uh, as, as two examples, uh, just in the Old Testament. And we, we sometimes will hear that um, through the New Testament and how God chose his disciples and those that followed him. Uh, we we hear that that election is just in, in the New Testament. We have these two great examples in the Old Testament. Elections in the Old Testament and New Testament, not just with Abraham. You have the election of uh, the nation Israel. Sure, yeah, that's a great, yeah, that's that's a really good example. The nation of Israel, um, and you know somebody could say, well, why did God choose them? Well, uh, as I read in uh, John fifteen and sixteen, that they would go forth and bear fruit, and that the fruit would remain. But were they doing anything to be chosen? No. No. They didn't do a thing. They didn't have anything to do with it at all. Yeah, so so who chooses who? So we see in those two examples, God chose Abram, who would later become Abraham, and we see that God chose David, who would be the great king of Israel, the great psalmist, uh, and also through the line of David, we know that our Messiah came. Christ came through the line of David, the root of Jesse. Um, so it's just it's amazing to look back in the scripture and see uh, the divine election of God and, and how he how he chose. Why did he choose him? Because he wants to. He's God. Right. He can do whatever he wants to. Uh, so I, we get in trouble in thinking that God should do this and God should do that. Um, God's not obligated to do anything that we think is uh, that he should do. God can. He's God. He yeah. has all power. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah, and he's a perfect moral being with no darkness in him. So anything he does is perfectly right. Yeah, if we if Seth and I were uh, were playing a game of, of pickup basketball uh, and there was ten people there, I would choose certain people uh, to be on my team. Seth would choose certain people to be on his team, and we would have uh, we would have probably kind of some. Um, favor towards people but and, and that's why we would pick them uh, if me and seth were in a crowd i would pick seth because he's my friend that's we would pick each other uh, but we see god god choosing people 
through nothing that those people have unconditional unconditional yep so seth i know you've got some some things you want to get into in the new testament i'm excited to get into them what you got as your as your first one you want to get into well it comes to election and everything i just want to give a disclaimer it's a very hostile doctrine sure. to a lot of people yeah it is and i want to say this god's truth will never hurt nobody it's the fallen sin nature attached to the person that will hurt them. The rebellion of God's truth. And we need to realize that in Scripture, that it ain't our opinions we're mentioned. We're just reading off the pages of Scripture, mm-hmm. what we believe Scripture teaches and everything. And we see that God is the one who chooses, not us. Yeah. Not us. And how do you get to that? Well, you have to go back to the fall. Yeah. What happened at the fall? Yeah. Are we dead in sin, or are we the sick, mm-hmm. or are we just barely alive, or how does that work? Ephesians chapter two, verses one through three. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live, when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. It's not like we're barely alive or anything. The Bible clearly here teaches we're dead. Mm-hmm. And not just dead, we're in rebellion against God. And it's not like we're all seeking for God, because we know the Bible says no one seeks after God. No, not one. And we know that we're all created in the image of God and everything, and that was flawed by Adam and everything. That messed up everything. Not completely. We still make decisions and mm-hmm. everything. But towards God, to do something that pleases Him, we can't do. Right, yeah. We can't do that. And it's not like everybody here on earth is seeking for God, like I just mentioned. We're not all looking to find God or anything like that we just want to go about our own ways and do what we want to do and live it up in the flesh sure I can I'm going to read a verse out of Romans that it explains exactly what you're saying Romans 3 and 10 says as it is written there is none righteous not even one there is none who understands there is none who seeks for God all have turned aside together they have become useless there is none who does good there's not even one. Yep. So, I mean, the scripture clearly tells us there. there's none who seeks after God. And I think a lot of times we hear that. People say, why well, I, I found God. And, I mean, gen, gen, generally speaking, we know what they're saying. We know what they what they mean when they say that. Um, but God's not to be found. He's not playing hide and seek. God's He's always He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not for, for us to go out and find him. He finds us and he chooses us. There's none who seeks after God. That's right. And Romans chapter 1 lets everybody know that he exists. It shows that every single person, even people who are unreached in tribes all around the world, know he exists Mm -hmm. because he has revealed to us through nature and general revelation that he exists. So everybody knows he exists, but they suppress the truth and their unrighteousness. Yep. Romans 1 and 18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. So we we all know God. We all know who he is. Yeah. Uh, but like you said, we, we suppress the truth and unrighteousness. And yeah, we're so, not seeking him. That's right. We're not seeking him. It's not like we're all seeking to be reconciled by uh, to God. We're all just going about our merry way, doing what we want to. But what does God do? 
that's so wonderful and beautiful in Scripture that you cannot deny mm-hmm. uh, whatsoever at all. And that is in Ephesians chapter 1. And it, I'm going to read this Scripture. It says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. Yeah, absolutely. Ephesians 2, uh, I know you were just there, but verses 4 and 5 of Ephesians 2, you said, but what does God do? Ephesians 2 and 4 says, but God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved. Yeah, people want to say, well, why doesn't God choose everybody? Why doesn't God choose everybody? And my answer to that is, why does God choose anybody for salvation if we all hate him? And Which is true, we do all hate him till mm-hmm. we come to Christ and have been regenerated. But why does God choose anybody to be saved? And people want to throw up the objection, well, that's not fair. If you want fairness, we all should be in hell Mm-hmm. If you want fairness, yeah, it's yeah. grace that he has chose anybody to be saved and to be uh, joined to Christ. That's how it works. And people want to say, well, why does God choose certain people and this and that? Well, my answer for that is is in uh, Ephesians chapter 1 here in verses uh, 11. In him we have obtained the inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will and his will is his decrees so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory it's for God's glory it's for his own purpose he has a purpose for everything Mm -hmm. and according to his own will it's for his good pleasure he chooses people yeah and he and as we read in opening up in john 15 he chooses us that we may go forth and bear fruit he does god doesn't choose people to save just so we can sit on a church pew and I, listen i'm not i'm not guilt tripping people that are listening that think well i'm just lazy hey i'm i'm lazy too uh, we all get lazy parts. I, that's that's not what i'm hitting at though there what i'm saying is um is god chose us that we might bring him glory for his name's yeah. sake yeah, we all have lazy parts in our life, I was going to say, and we all fall into slumps of laziness. Mm-hmm. But God chooses you to bring forth uh, fruit to bring glory to Him and to show that you're being... Here's the thing. God chooses us to be the light of the world, to be mm-hmm. the salt of the world. Yeah. And He's conforming us to the image of His Son so people could see the risen Savior's work in our lives. Amen. Amen. I agree. Uh, something that's that's big, uh, it's it's a big to me. I know uh, you've, you're going to probably get into some more stuff in John here in a minute, but I just want to read one verse out of John. Um, and we often hear this in church, and I, I heard it for years and years, but to really dig into this verse of Scripture and say and see exactly what it's saying. John 6 and 44 says, No one can come to me. This is Jesus speaking. No one can come to me 
unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. And a lot of times we read through that verse of Scripture in a hurry, maybe, or just in a, in a way that we, we say, yeah, no man can come to, to Christ unless the Father draws him. Um, but the big takeaway out of that is no one can come. Not, we, we don't have the ability to come. It's not may I come, it's can. Can. No one can come. Uh, so you may say, well, how does anybody come come to Christ? How does anybody come for salvation? It's God who causes us to. Effectual calling, yes. Yeah. Um, so we say, well, people that respond uh, to Christ and salvation, it's, I know this may, you know, ring a couple bells by saying this, but... Um, it wasn't us choosing God. It may it may seem that way. We may respond, but the reason why we respond is because we're drawn by God the Father yes. to the Son. That's right. And when Jesus was teaching this in uh, John chapter six, I mean, he is talking to. I believe he's talking to a bunch of Jews here. He was. Yeah. And uh, and I'm trying to find the context of scripture. I've I've got it here. So there were there were many that were following him there for uh, like maybe physical things like like bread, for instance. Yeah. Um, and Jesus told them like you come to me not because you saw great signs. You come to be to me because you basically and I'm paraphrasing. He said because you got your bellies full. Yeah. That's why you've come to me. And so and then he goes on to tell them your your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and died. Yeah, and he said, "But now the true bread, you don't need the bread of old. The bread of life is here, and if you eat of this bread, you'll never you'll never hunger again. If you drink of this living water, who Christ is, you'll never thirst again." Oh yeah, I found while I was wanting to find Marcus, Jesus answered them, "Do not grumble among yourselves." The verse right before, no one can come to uh, the verse right. Right before verse forty-four, yeah. yeah, yeah. No one could come to me unless the fire that sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. That word there, do not grumble among yourself. Mm-hmm. The word, Greek word for that is gungus mooing. Mm-hmm. I think that's funny. Do not grumble among <laughs> yeah. yourself. Yeah, there was yeah. grumbling there, and he tells them that, and it says no man could come to me. Yeah, we don't have the ability. You don't have the ability. Mm-hmm. You're not able to. Yeah, I, I, I may have mentioned this on a previous podcast, but. Uh, I was watching a, a documentary that Seth sent to me. It's been probably a year ago, and they showed a like a cartoon uh, example of a man at the bottom of a ocean. Let's say for example, and then there was somebody on a boat with a life raft, uh, and they were using this as a picture of salvation. As as God throws out the life raft, and we swim up and grab the life raft, um, but we see in the scripture that that's not a true example of salvation. Uh, the true example of salvation is God comes and rescues rescues us. We're not able to swim up and grab the life raft. We're dead at the bottom of the ocean, and He comes and He rescues us. It's a beautiful picture, and it's a beautiful thing to know that you don't have nothing to do with your salvation at all, even in choosing. And a lot of people will say, "Well, God draws everybody," mm-hmm. and this is where it's cricket controversial right here. I want you. To, Take a look if you have a Bible at John 6 and verse uh, 44 and look at the other half of it. And I will raise him up on the last day. Mm-hmm. Anybody that is drawn by the Father is raised up into eternal life and Amen. they're resurrected at the end. Amen. And it's the good resurrection, not the bad resurrection. Right, yeah. 
but people will go to that verse well if i be lifted up i will draw all people to me mm-hmm. well my answer to that is draw all people meaning jew and gentile because mm-hmm. when he's talking to them there it's yeah you got to look at the context you got to look at the mm-hmm. context how there's jews that this thought salvation for was just for them yeah yeah and when he says that oh gosh they got ill because they just thought salvation was for the jews yeah. and that the gentiles was just dogs yeah. and didn't want you know, didn't deserve it. Well, yeah. none of us deserve it, but you yeah. know, yeah. it brought a jealousy streak to sure. them. Yeah, how could these dogs come and take what's ours, basically? Pretty much. Yeah. And Jesus says that, and I believe it's this clear cut because you have one scripture that says this, and you have one that you think, boy, that sounds close to that. But God's so defined in His Word, and He's able to speak clearly to His creature. Mm-hmm. And right there, you could see the difference. Yeah, yeah, that's a promise. The one who God draws uh, to Christ it says I will raise him up on the last day so true salvation results in true glorification yes day. yeah and that's awesome you know the the, the beautiful thing in um, God's choosing us and, and I look at, at people that I know that are Christians and I see examples in the Bible and, and how rich and mercy and grace that God is that he chooses harlots tax collectors to people that I mean, we would just throw. I say we society would say, "Ha, there's no, there's, there's no, no hope for them." No he chooses them. Yeah, that's exactly the Look people. At Paul, I know yeah. we mentioned it last time. He's killing Christians, and next day God knocks him off on his high horse, yeah. and he gets saved. Yeah, it's just truly amazing. Yeah. Now go, no, now go, uh, bring forth fruit. And man, what a what a life of fruit he he brought forth. Oh yeah, it was truly amazing how much. Uh, ambition he had to serve the lord and you look at zacchaeus yeah zacchaeus <laughs> yeah that's another one yeah, all through the scripture peter mm-hmm. uh how god Fisherman, chose to save, save peter i mean just the 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 part of society that uh we oftentimes thumb our nose at to be honest um the drunks on the street the the dope heads the uh, ones that have got needles in their arm Christ still chooses to save those yeah. people. It's not like God looked down the portals of yeah. time to see who would choose him. That's mm-hmm. just nonsense. That would be saying God learned something. Mm-hmm. No, God didn't look down the future to see who would choose him. If he done that, nobody would choose him, honestly. Mm-hmm. Nobody would ever choose God apart from him choosing them and here's the thing i would just say this right here and i say this argument and love and care towards brothers and sisters in christ that are hostile towards this i would say if you could choose god why do you even have election in the bible Mm -hmm. yeah what about uh, ephesians 1 and 4 and I i think you read that a minute ago but uh well i'll read 3 and 4 ephesians 1 3 and 4 blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ whom has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him in love, just as he chose us in him. There's so much beauty in that scripture. Before the foundation of the world. Before the foundation of the earth. Wow. God foreknew you intimately and knew everything about you and decided to save you. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, another scripture that's clear here is Romans nine. Now the top, now the argument on this is: is it nations or people? That's what usually comes up. Yeah. Oh, that's nations. But I believe if you look right here, you could tell it's much more than just nations. Yeah. Um, 
I'm just going to read this section of scripture. It might take a while, but it's good. Read it. But it is not as though the word of God has failed. For not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel, and not all are children of Abraham because they are his offspring. But through Isaac shall your offspring be named. This means that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as offspring. For this is what the promise said about this time next year I will return, and Sarah shall have a son. And not only so, but also from Rebekah had conceived children by one man, our forefather Isaac. Though they were not yet born, and had done nothing, either good or bad, in order that God's purpose of election might continue, not because of works, but because of him, talking about God, who calls, she was told the older will serve the younger, as it is written, Jacob I love, but Esau I hated. Mm-hmm. Probably the most controversial chapter in the Bible besides the millennium verse yeah. in uh, Revelation 20. Yeah, and you could take that verse uh, if you're just going to read that, and you could totally see uh, nations in that, but when you look at the whole the whole context of the Scripture, um, you can't ignore election and predestination. And of course, it mentions individuals, individual people like Jacob and Esau there. And when you go back in Romans 9, when it says not all of Israel belong to Israel, well, mm-hmm. that just wouldn't make sense if it was yeah. nations. What do you mean all of Israel don't belong to Israel? Yeah. Are you saying all of the nation of Israel don't belong to Israel? No, we're saying God's chosen, which is the true Israel of God mm-hmm. that Paul talks about in Galatians. Yeah. yeah. Is what that's talking about the chosen ones for salvation, not Israel after the flesh. Yeah, and and I mean not to not getting in to eschatology, uh, not on this episode anyway. Um, we, we do believe that God has a, a future plan for Israel, but not um, in the same sense that we would typically hear it. We believe that those that, that were true seeds of Abraham will come, as we read in Romans eleven about the the uh, branch being grafted back in. Yeah, but it's yeah. through Christ. No, nothing By special. They're faith. no better than yeah. us. God don't have stepchildren or anything like that. Yeah. But I like this verse right here. I want to read because it just goes to show you how God has hand in sal- uh, bringing forth salvation. It's First Peter. Uh, it's First Peter chapter one verses. Uh, this verse three, I believe. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to His great mercy. He has caused us to be born again. That right there, you need to see that in Scripture. He has caused us to be born again Mm -hmm. to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. God has caused us to be born again. When Jesus talks to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, and Nicodemus don't even know what Jesus is talking about there. He don't. Yeah. And and I married Jesus saying, ain't you a great teacher of Israel and you don't understand these things? You talk about being humili- uh, humiliated in yeah, a way. Yeah. You're this Pharisee that knows all these things. But I like this verse of scripture here um, in John chapter 3. Jesus responded and said to him, truly, truly, I say unto you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, how can a person be born when he is old? He could not enter into his mother's womb a second time be born, can he? Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless someone is born of the water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which has been born of flesh is flesh, and that which has been born 
of the spirit of spirit. Do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. Yeah. That's the doctrine of election there. You didn't have nothing to do with your first birth, and you don't have nothing to do with your second birth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and we, we can't ignore in Acts, uh, the first missionary journey there in, in Acts 13, uh, when they were at Antioch in Acts 13 and verse 48 says, uh, this is when, when Paul turned to the Gentiles uh, and was preaching salvation. It says, when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing. Uh, talking about hearing the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. When they heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. And as many as had been appointed to eternal life believed. Yeah, and the King James says ordained yeah, so to was, eternal life. It was already set in stone for mm-hmm. them to believe. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Paul is an example we've seen earlier, a man that was persecuting Christians. God chose him, uh, set him out on a path to bring forth much fruit. Uh, and, and we see in this in Acts 13 when he's preaching to the Gentiles here that as many had been appointed, sure there were people there that didn't that didn't believe. I mean, you have to, to understand that in looking at that scripture. But as many as been had been appointed, uh, to eternal life believe and the word of the lord was being spread through the whole region so um god we have to understand this is god his purpose his plan it will not fail yeah he will save his elect people Mm -hmm. no matter what yeah now people listen to this wonder well i wonder if i'm elect i wonder if i'm chosen Mm -hmm. like if you're being sincere about that i'm almost 99 percent sure that you probably are chosen yeah there's no the non-elect people don't want nothing to even that thoughts won't even come through their head more than likely yeah yeah, um, and, and we I know we talked about that some last week of R.C. Sproul's example, same same deal uh, of assurance of knowing that you're saved. Um, do you desire God at all? If if there's a genuine desire for God at all, um, you're one of God's children. You're yeah. one of God's elect. And uh, here's the thing: anybody who truly wants to be saved mm-hmm. can be saved. Yeah, I've never saw God tell anybody, "No, I don't." If you truly, if, of course, somebody truly wanting Him. Mm-hmm he say no to because you're being obedient to his commands in scripture when you do want him yeah and um it's important that we understand that uh it's not us that wants christ it's god puts that desire in us to want to go after him it's through regeneration when god comes in through the preaching of the gospel Mm. he opens the sinner's eyes takes out the heart of stone gives him a heart of flesh then that person wants to take after Christ. I believe we mentioned that last time, but it's just a good verse of Scripture to exegete right there. He takes out that God-hating heart of stone and gives you a, a, lo- a heart that could love him and please him. Yeah, and the, the good news of the gospel is as somebody who is a God-hater, you say, well, I don't hate God. I'm, I'm not a Christian, but I don't necessarily hate God. We are all naturally dead in our sins we're all his enemy we've all transgressed his law as Seth said earlier uh, we've broke all of his commandments and God must punish sin he will not look away from sin God is holy he's just he's righteous um, and we are the total opposite of that. we are not any of those things uh, so God must punish sin and he sent his son to fulfill uh, all righteousness Christ came and stood in our place at Calvary lived a perfect life, never sinned. He was born of a virgin, never sinned. He came and he fulfilled the law. 
and he stood as the perfect righteous holy sacrifice and then from that point God is calling men to Christ yeah. through the preaching of the gospel that's right and you can be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ that's the only way you can be reconciled to God um, so it's not a message of oh no I'm not in the in the chosen or whatever oh it, gosh I'm not elect how could I ever be saved it, no yeah. the Bible don't say go out and preach are you elect you don't say that to people yeah. do you want Jesus is the yeah. thing do you want to repent and forsake your sin and mm-hmm. come to Christ yeah. that's the message we bring and preach yeah and that's why the gospel is good news is that um, we're all haters of God we all yeah. we all transgress against him we all none of us want Christ but the beautiful thing of regeneration salvation is that God sent his son and that hit when when Christ like you said earlier when it, when he was lifted up he, he draws all men to him. That doesn't matter if you're a Jew, if you're a Gentile. A dope addict a or A dope what? addict, a harlot, a drunk. Uh, uh, don't matter what kind of lifestyle. Yeah, you it live doesn't in. matter on, on the, the color of your skin. It doesn't matter on how much money you bring in every year. It doesn't matter on what uh, social status you are. Christ came to draw all men to him. And, yeah. and, and those that truly uh, that God has given to Christ will come and as we read in John 6 he will raise them up on the latter day that's a that's that's a promise from Christ in the scripture it sure is Marcus and the beautiful thing about God is he's different from all of us and I heard your pastor say this yeah. God is different than every single person there's none like him yeah and he chooses to love all different sorts and kinds of people amen all different personalities, all different backgrounds. He chooses to love them, and it's just a precious truth in Scripture. Yeah, for sure. And and thank God that He's not like us, because we are still have a sin nature. Even as as children of God, we still have that sin nature. We are partial uh, to people that we that we have people that we would rather be around, other people that we would not rather be around. Those type of things. But like you said, God is total opposite of us. Thank yeah. God for that. that oh, I do. Like I do. I got a few books here to mention uh, that'd be good for you to read. Uh, Chosen by God by R.C. Sproul is a wonderful book. Mm-hmm. The Potter's Freedom Over the Clay by Dr. James White's a wonderful book. The Reformed Doctrine of Predestination by Lorraine Bettner is a good book. There's many others out there, but those three right there, especially The Potter's Freedom, made me open my eyes to the doctrine of election and the uh, Made me appreciate it. Made me actually love it. Now it's hostile at first and went into a shock over it for mm-hmm. a while. But through God's grace and providence, I was able to realize why God does things the way he does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, it's important to, uh, I think it's a good quote to mention again. Last week I, I mentioned about R.C. Sproul said a lot of people are uh, feel uneasy about um, election feel uneasy about assurance of salvation uh, but the glorious thing in understanding that is that understanding who it is that saves us and how it is that he saves us uh, and that's just man once you once you are able to grasp that through uh, God gives us grace and understanding uh, once we truly understand that through the scripture man there's so much freedom and and it just overwhelms your heart with with the grace of God honestly it does and when you come to find truth in these doctrines, they shock you at times, Marcus. I mean, this doctrine right here shocked me. Yeah. I mean, I was taught free will to choose Christ and all this. 
from the time I was just a little boy and everything. But when you come to realize that free will, which we do believe we have a will, we do. We're not saying robots. that it's yeah. robot. Yeah. We're robots, or it's not mecha- uh, mechanistic determination, and uh, it's not that at all. We're making choices. We're doing what we want, yeah. and our will and our wills are slaves to sin, as Jesus said. And it's Christ that has to set that will free. The Son yeah. gives life to whom He wills. That's what the Scripture says. Yeah. Here's a quote from Charles Spurgeon. He says, I believe the doctrine of election because I'm quite certain uh, uh, that if God had not chosen me, I should have never chosen him. And I am sure he chose me before I was born or else he would never uh, or else he would never have chosen me afterwards. And he must have elected me for un- reasons unknown to me, for I never could find any reason in myself why he should have looked upon me with special love and that's a a, a quote from charles spurgeon so uh, we shouldn't look to ourselves to say am i good enough for for uh, god to choose me uh no you're not no you're not no none of us are he don't look down like i said before he don't look down to see if there was anything good in you because there's nothing good in you at all Mm -hmm. and i just i see election in my salvation experience marcus i mean wasn't even in a church, wasn't in a revival meeting, listened to 72 verses of Just As I Am <laughs> or anything like that. I mean, I was sitting at home in my kitchen when I believe God started dealing with me, then got me to work to listen to the gospel, then granted me the gifts of repentance and faith to believe in Jesus Christ. I've never been the same since. He started drawing me from my house is what's so amazing. Yeah, and it's it's when we look back through church church history uh this was the common belief of the early church uh from from even in scripture we read read you the the uh, verses in scripture tonight where it's very clear in scripture but we look at the early history of the church and this was the it wasn't genuine, even up for debate it wasn't even up for debate you uh, look at polycarp john the uh revelator his disciple polycarp i mean i was reading one of his epistles one time which ain't scripture but it's coming from an orthodox teacher that was a very bold christian and he said i know and rejoice in my heart that you all are the chosen of god that he has put in my life talking about to the people he was talking to and discipling yeah yeah so i mean it's i'm not saying it's it we don't have to um look at church history to prove what the scripture says but if we look through church history a lot of things and different heresies that come up nowadays are are nothing new it's things that have been around forever Uh, but when we look back through church history and the doctrine of predestination election what we have taught tonight is no different than what the The apostle paul taught the apostle paul taught it's no different than the early church uh the early history of the church if you go back through church history it's no different than what they taught either and when people get in arguments about this i'd have to answer what the apostle paul said who are you who, who are you old man to answer to god mm-hmm. yeah and that right there if he was talking about nations he wouldn't said nobody would have said that if he was talking about nations yeah i agree we, we have no place to tell god what to do um and I don't mean that to be a smart aleck by saying that, but it's just the truth of the Scripture. We need to realize who we are. We are the creation, not the Creator, Mm -hmm. and need to be in obedience to our Creator. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, I think that's about it for tonight. Hopefully we didn't make every single person that listens to us mad, but um, 
Test the scriptures. Look, get in your Bible and see. Go to the verses. Go to the verses that seem uh, contradicting to this doctrine and test them. That's what I encourage. Yeah, that's, that's what I how, did. That's what I did too. Yeah. And you gotta realize God is able to speak clearly to His creation. Yeah, and we can know what He means in Scripture. It don't have to be a big guessing game like everybody thinks it has to be. Yeah, and our desire through starting this podcast was to cause people to test and and rethink about. Uh, some of the things that maybe have just been tradition that you've been taught that is contrary to the scripture. Um, yeah, it's definitely a difficult, a difficult uh, pill to swallow anything that is different than how you've originally heard it, uh, maybe your whole entire life. But we must go to the scriptures. Let God be true and every man a liar. That's right. And people say, well, what about whosoever will? Mm-hmm. Whosoever That's will. a good... Well, who, whosoever does believe, I mean, has eternal life. We're not saying that whosoever. Yeah. But here's the thing. People want to read believability into that verse. Yeah. Like yeah. whosoever has the ability to believe, but that's not true. Nope. Jesus said whoever believes these things, well he was saying whoever believes them, mm-hmm. not yeah. the capability to believe yeah. into that verse. Yeah, you can't put that into that verse and that's probably the most common objection. It is and the Bible says for the mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the spirit is life and peace because the mindset on the flesh is hostile toward God for it does not submit subject itself to the law of God for it is not even able to do so. What does the law of God say? Repent and believe. Mm-hmm. That's a command. God's laws are commands. Yeah. It says true. repent and believe. Amen. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But Paul says this right here. However, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. So definitely a controversial episode, a difficult doctrine, um, but not one that we should just, uh, there's many things in the scripture that I, I'm speaking personally in my life that I have uh, steered away from because they were foreign to me. Yeah. Because I, you know, had heard, oh, don't, we shouldn't read about that. We shouldn't read about that. Well, if it's in the canon of Scripture, you can bet your bottom dollar I'm going to he read said about preach it. the whole council. The whole council of God. And as a child of God, you should um, look through the Scripture. Look at look at these things. If, if you're a teacher or a preacher and you're preaching uh, and telling your people not to look into this or not to look into that, you're, you're, you're doing a disservice to them because we can grow and grace the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But how do we do that? What did, what did Jesus say in John 17? Sanctify them by thy word. That's thy right. word is truth. That's right. Um, so get get into Scripture and test those things that you've heard. If, if there's something that you think, man, that is whack. I've heard that my whole life, and I don't know. I don't understand it. Well, you don't have to go to somebody in your church and ask them. I mean, you can, and there's nothing wrong with that. But first, we should go to the Scripture. Yeah. Sola Scriptura. Yes. And if there's somebody out there wondering, oh, goodness, I know we've mentioned this before already. Oh, goodness, am I chosen to salvation? Am I chosen or have I been elected? Like we said before, we believe anybody who truly wants to be saved can be saved Mm -hmm. because God commands people to repent. God commands people to believe on His Son. And if you're wanting to do them things, you're being obedient to the Scripture will of God. Yeah. And and when you see in Revelation, when... When John saw a number that no man could number, that doesn't mean I know uh, a lot of times people that believe this doctrine uh, as we do that we're teaching tonight will will uh, make the joke that we're the frozen chosen. Uh, I think that's a, a awful way to put this doctrine. I think it's kind of 
um, belittling what God's word says. Uh, yes, God does choose people. He, he preordains, uh, uh, predetermines uh, who he's going to save before the foundation of the yeah. world. That's the scripture. That's not my words. That's his word. Um, yes, he does that. But also we see in, in Revelation when we read that there was a number that no man could number. God yeah. told Abram that he was he would make his descendants as many as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Yeah. So and Jesus says this right here, you know, to everybody that's out here in the world, he says, "Come to me, all you who labor and come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest." If you're wondering if Christ is calling you today and you hear this and you say, "Hey, I'm heavy I'm uh, laden yeah. and I'm tired and I won't find rest for my soul. Yeah. Well, that's you, my friend. Amen. There's only one place you'll find true rest, and that's in Christ and Christ alone. Amen. All right. We'll cut it off there. Uh, send us some messages, questions if you have any questions. If you'd like to talk further on this topic, uh, we would be more than happy. We love talking about this. We would be glad to sit down and have this conversation with you and, uh, you know, brew a pot of black silk folded hey, coffee <laughs> and talk for about 10 hours. So, uh, anyways, that's, that's all we'll get into tonight. We appreciate you listening and God bless.